everybody, it's your girl Danielle, and you just tuned into the hottest thing in hit urban talk radio. That's right, take it all, life of a go-getter. And you get your female perspective on men, money, sex, power, and everything in between. We're giving it to you straight, no chaser. As always, you know what, the CBCs are in the building. Shout it out, ladies, what's happening? What it is, Danielle, Always fabulous, T-Strong, a.k.a. That Chick. What up, That Chick? It's your girl, Shannon G. Always in the mother friggin' house. And hello, ladies. It's Athea. Keep my money true, my assets tight, and the ladies, TV. All right. How you doing? Hi, We're good. Heart. How are you? <laughs> we definitely need you to keep us right this evening because we're all about being all over the place doing a million things as usual because the paper dolls are always busy. Yes, indeed. Oh, yes. We just came skirting in. Well, <laughs> skirts are flying behind us. <laughs> My superwoman Kate. Yes. We are busy. We got we to gotta change that. Somebody explained to me that busy... Um, references like chaos. When you're busy, you might not have a handle on stuff, and I don't think we're like that. So we're active. The PD stay active, okay? That shows I like that, that you have a little bit more control. You know mm-hmm. what's going on. There's a lot on your plate, but you're in control of it. So mm-hmm. rather than us being busy. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Right. I was about to say, that sounds good because it really it sounds does like sound actively good. busy. I'm actively busy. <laughs> I'm actively busy. You're actively busy. Right? It's all over the All the time, ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Just um had a little bit of news come across the PD desk um today. Just wanted to let you know that Maiden Form. Everyone knows Maiden Form, the you know bras, 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 bras. They have launched a new advertising campaign called This Feels Right. Which I thought was pretty cool. I, I what liked is it? This feels, this feels right. right. Okay. This feels right. It's their new advertising campaign that they're um, targeting. What does it say? If so I can make sure that I say this crazy. I mean, not say it crazy. That was wrong. <laughs> targeting I want to not movie. say it crazy. That's what I want to say. And I have the press release right in targeting front Targeting women me. with boobs, right? <laughs> I hope so. That's the only thing that feels right. <laughs> Targeting women with saggy boobs. Right. That well, would be something. This feels right. Terrible. My it's, boobs are finally back to standing up again. Mm-hmm. If they invent a bra that does that, their stock is going through the roof. <laughs> no. It says initial positioning for this feels right campaign will be out with the old and with the new. And this campaign, Made Informs new breakthrough, Backless Bra, will be the first product featured. Wow, Backless. Yes. How is it going to say about I'm a little concerned about Double that. Bees. Double Double I'm very concerned That's about triple bees. Backless Bra. Do they, do, they, do they explain? Oh, explain. Listen explain. to me. Backless Bra. Did they explain? Yes, they <laughs> Do they explain how like how it fits? How it's, do they have pictures? They don't go into detail that I see <laughs> and what I have about the backless bra, but it was created by Elaine Cato, who appeared on um, American Inventor, that was on ABC. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Interesting. So what you're saying is I should have my girlfriends invest in the maiden form backless bra for the wedding festivities. Is mm-hmm. it going to be required? Um, the dress is going to be as such because you know no, I have to have some support. Really. 
Not right. really. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I I picked a dress, and you guys don't have any support at all. So you just have to, you have to invest in something that's gonna hold them. Wow. <laughs> you have to invest in something that's gonna hold them, Jimmy. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying. Wait, wait. I was like. <laughs> I was like, I thought you were trying to say that I wouldn't be able to, you know, conceal any support because oh, that's no, the no, case. No. Right. Your wedding photos say, will be jacked. It's a sweet, it's a, a sweetheart. Good, um, what do you call it? The person invisible man fixes. to hold them up. No. no. <laughs> the person that fixes the photos. Photoshop. Oh. You better get oh. a good Photoshop man. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I don't be looking like your grandma without it. I don't have that in my budget. No, it's just, and I'll send you guys information, but it's just a sweetheart. But I mean, still, you may need the. The new maiden form. I may need the breakthrough backless bra. So yeah. At any rate, people, support maiden form. Check out This Feels Right. I just thought that was a cute title, and they're it launching nice. that um, beginning today, I believe. Very please. cute. Very but cute. tonight's program, Cyber Networking. We will be joined this evening by Dr. Jeannie Holbert of OptiNet Resources. So. I would like Yay, to welcome. Yes. <laughs> and I and I always find myself in a quandary at that point. It's like, do I say everything? But I, I always like for them to kind of introduce themselves because you just hear the excitement in their voice when they talk about their company. So at this time, I would like to introduce Dr. Holbert. Welcome to the program. Yeah, her best excited voice. <laughs> Thank you very much. My best excited voice. Well, Optinet Resources uh, provides a network assessment and coaching, which means we look at your network to see what its strengths are and where the problems lie, and then help you devise strategies to build the best network that you can build. And we describe it as building a network that will take you to the top and help you survive the ride. Ooh, I like like that. I like that, too. We need the ride. (laughs) Wow. I haven't had a good ride in a while. (laughs) Not that ride, lady. Not that type of ride. Not that type of ride. So the idea is building a network that supports your business or your career or your work and also supports your life. Nice. I like okay. that a, a well, lot. that's a big deal because it is you know, a big deal. It's very, yeah. very difficult to be able to do that, to support your work, your life, like all that stuff and the social things, and especially if you're a woman, you know. Have you found that yep. to be true? Oh yeah, and the the thing that is that the research shows very clearly is it all affects each other. So if you're trying to build a business and you don't have the personal support to help you juggle work and family or pick up your kids if you're held late in a meeting and do those sorts of things and just to give you the the support to help you cope with the stress of it all, mm. then you're not going to do as well in your business. And the flip side is there's some of us who have great personal networks, but we need to build the business side. You know, we need more contacts who will give us referrals and sales leads and that kind of stuff. So, you know, a lot of us are... <laughs> you know, a lot of us are strong on one side or the other, but we need some work on the other side. So, and and a lot of us don't really know where we need to build, you know, where we need to do the work. And one of the things we find is when we give people our assessment, they kind of go, oh, it was like a lightning bolt, you know, because all of a sudden I realized, you know, I've got lots of personal ties, but my business network's really not very strong, or vice versa. You know, there are a lot of women out there. The stereotype is that women have the personal ties and not the reverse, but there are a lot of women out there who've built great business networks but really haven't paid a lot of attention to the personal side. Okay. So that's what we try to do. Is the line between the two. 
Um, that's what our assessment does because there's not a hard and fast line. You don't look at everybody in your network and say they're one or the other. So what our assessment does, we've been doing research on, on networks for about 25 years. And so what our assessment does is to take some of the things that we use in our research that get into the different parts of your network and measure systematically where the strengths are, um, what the different kinds of contacts are, and what the different kinds of resources are that they're providing, and then try to figure out um, you know, what the overall picture looks like. So I well, think that's really um, interesting. I think tonight shows, you know, cyber mm -hmm. networking and how this fits into the whole, right. I don't even know how to phrase it, scheme of things. Okay, there you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> And that's how you want to think about cyber networking. I think you want. I think you want to think about it in terms of what your overall networking picture and networking goals are, and how cyber networking fits into that. Do people seem open? And I, and obviously they do because there are so many networking websites um, right now. Only one of which I was tapped into and followed <laughs> through with. Did you say like trapped? I should tapped into. You know, like played oh, with. Them. What did I was you say? What I ain't trapped you. Oh, trapped into, no, trapped into. Um, well, actually, no, one, let's say outside of, of the paper dolls, on just a personal, on a personal level, there's only one that I've tapped into outside of the paper dolls. But I am so bad with not networking, but being able to kind of ask people, hey, you know, what, what do you have going on, and can you help me with this, and that type of thing. Is there any advice you can give to people who, how, how exactly do you get that networking started? Do you just start kind of speaking with people? Do you just ask and be ready for yes or no? Or how do you, how do you start your networking? Well, you know, in ter if you're asking me in terms of how you get the things you need from your network, mm -hmm. you have to build the relationships first. And that's what networking has to be all about. It's about building and maintaining relationships. Because we describe it in terms of social capital, which just means that the connections to other people that we have and the resources that we can get from those connections. You're not going to get the resources if you don't have the relationships. And you can't withdraw, just like a bank, you can't withdraw if you haven't put anything in the bank yet. And so what you have to think about is just getting those relationships in place. And a lot of that stuff is going to start to come naturally. But the, the question you asked is a really important question for women because the thing about women is so many of us just are not good at asking for what we need. Um, one of the things that, that I say a lot is that women need to learn that using ties doesn't mean using people. That you know, right, getting the right. resources we need and asking for the stuff we need doesn't mean we're using people. But a lot of us just have such a hard time learning that. Yeah, I think even just in life, period, women have a hard time asking for help. We'll just you know think that we're just supposed to, you know, you know what is it? Do it all ourselves. Toughen up, <laughs> yeah, and, and do it yourself. Maybe wear all the hats. You're taking care of everybody else, so you really don't think that you have the right to ask for anybody to help or assist you in that. And I, I guess those that trans you know transfers over into into, everything, into right? the business Isn't realm it? as well. Mm -hmm, right. It absolutely does. We're taught to be givers and we're not taught to look for what we need and many of us are very uncomfortable in that role of recipient. But the reality is that not being a good recipient can be as detrimental to a relationship as not being a good giver. You know, our relationships are all about exchange. It's about give and take. And sociologists talk about something called the norm of reciprocity, which just means if 
over time, over the long haul, if I'm giving things to you, I'm looking to get things back and so forth. Well, if I constantly um, am giving things to you, or excuse me, if, I'm, if you're constantly giving things to me and, and I'm never able to give things back to you because you can't receive, then eventually I'm not going to want to have a relationship with you anymore because I'm just not comfortable. Right. There's too right. much inequality in the relationship. Right. And that's really so it's important to, to be able to receive. That way. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah it's important to be able situation. to receive. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but then we also have the trust factor, and this was something that we talked about right. on our show last mm-hmm. week, is that, you know, it's kind of difficult when you're networking with people how much you should share, and then even more so now on the Internet because you're not even really sure if the person you're talking to is who they say they are kind of thing. Right. 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 So how do you trust avoid a, those types of issues? Well, trust is something that has to be built over time, and, and trust is just tremendously important, particularly in business, because so much of business is, is just absolutely based on trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things come through experience and knowing people, and you learn to trust people because they've done things for you consistently in the past, whether it's getting the job done well or giving you the referral or coming through when you were you were looking for some help to, to meet a deadline. And I think that's where trust trust comes in in a business relationship. It builds the same way in personal relationships through the give and take. Um, but when, what, the question you raised about online is just a tremendously important one because privacy is a huge issue. We've heard about this with Facebook. We've heard about it with MySpace. Right. Um, it's an important thing in any of these things. And I think we have to remember that we need to err on the side of caution. And we all have to make our own decisions about what we're willing to disclose and what we're, you know, what we are, and we aren't willing to put up there. Um, I have a Facebook profile. I have a page that's related to my business. I'm in the process of putting more pages because that's a big part of Facebook now. But I personally have made the decision that I won't put a picture of my child up there. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, some people are okay with doing that. I'm just not. And I think right. we all have to make our own choices about those kinds of issues. And similarly, we have to make choices about what we're disclosing and how we're behaving. And we have to remember that many, in many ways the same etiquette and the same rules apply online that apply offline. So to ask someone for a recommendation on LinkedIn when you don't know the person and you're asking them to recommend you for work you did and they know nothing about the work is just not an ethical thing to do online any more than it is in the real world. Right. And so if somebody does that, then then they've they've abridged trust. I mean, they've if someone did that to me recently and I cut off the connection because at that point I don't want to be associated with that person because my credibility is on the line. Okay. So you've got to be careful about what you do and how you behave and what you say online. Um, and we have to remember, too, that these online venues are communities and things. all the network principles about how networks operate really show up at large online because there's social processes that, that can happen very fast in terms of spread things spreading through indirect ties in the networks. So yeah, we want to be careful. Jeannie, and things take off ex- on the Internet so, so, so quickly. Yeah. Even yeah. more so than, I mean, sometimes in real life. Like the word of mouth online is instantaneous almost. Yeah. 
and a lot of these communities, they're, they're communities that form within these communities that are very effective. Um, and if you looked at your LinkedIn profile and you look at your direct connections and then the people two orders out and three orders out, that's a lot of folks. And that's a very effective way for information to spread, either positively or negatively. So if you're out there trying to position yourself as an expert on the content sharing sites or social bookmarking sites as a way of trying to build a business, for example, um, you want to be careful about how you behave in the community and because those things matter a great deal in, in these social networking sites. I was going to ask you, Jeannie, um, do you feel that, and I, I'm thinking that your answer might be yes, but do you feel that you truly get to know people um, when you're dealing with online social networks, like, you know, really get to know their um, work ethic, as you mentioned already, and, you know, their prof mm -hmm. level of professionalism, experience, that kind of thing. Because, I've, you know, we have in the past, you know, considered putting together different websites or different um, ventures and been really unsure as to whether this person was credible and, you know, the right person to choose for a particular service that we were looking for. Mm -hmm. Well, there are ways that you can vet people in places like LinkedIn. I mean, there are functions like recommendations. So if someone you know has recommended someone or you're looking for a service provider and you see recommendations for a service provider from people whom you know and trust, then those are ways that people get vetted. And that's why those recommendation functions are so important on something like LinkedIn. Um, so, so that's one way that you look at it. There are a lot of different sides to what you're saying, what you're asking me in terms of how relationships form and how they function. Do we get close to people and do we really know a lot about the ethics and stuff like that directly um, through online communities? Most of the time, I think the answer is probably no. Most of the time, we tend to form weaker ties um, and it can help us. We can get to people through people that we know well. But I think there's a limit to how well we're really going to form close relationships online. And there's some new studies that are out that really support that. There are exceptions to that. I think there are some um, some communities where people are maybe going through infertility or they're, they're dealing with a, a chronic illness, I think where some very close relationships can form online in very specific kinds of situations. So it's not a universal thing that they don't. Um, but on average, they're going to tend to be weaker ties rather than stronger ties that, that form there. But you right. can have relationships that, that come into the online setting as, as a way to augment the way you relate offline. And I, and I find myself, I mean, in a sense, feeling a bit hypocritical in making this statement because we are an Internet-based company. But people right. do tend to place their, I guess, best foot forward, so to speak, online when you can't see them, you sure. can't meet them, you can't talk to them. They can create this virtual reality of whatever they would want to be. And um, mm -hmm. I've even experienced it even recently, you know, as Shannon was speaking about, a social network that we're part of that's part of our alma mater, and there are people that we have connected with through that that I've, we've also connected with through the business, through some of the other um, communities that we are a part of. And me knowing them in two different social networks, seeing how they present themselves totally different in one network versus mm -hmm. the other network. Mm -hmm. And that's really interesting. And so that's part of that's part of what people have to pay attention to, that that you, number one, you're not anonymous, and number two, there's often overlap across sites because we have to remember that 
people who have similar backgrounds, people who've gone to similar kinds of institutions, for example, are likely to show up across multiple sites. And so we do have to be careful and consistent in how we present ourselves online because we can get into trouble that way. Like for us, you know, we've created this virtual reality. Everybody thinks we're four when we're actually four, you know, like burly men. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We bought those pictures that you see online. <laughs> yeah. I was not those are from iStock photos. <laughs> I was so not prepared for that. Yay, yay, yay. Perfect. That's classic. That's going down in the paper doll's <laughs> classic box. We're going to pull that one out the vault like on year three. Be like, do you remember that time? Ay, ay, ay. That was great. Thank you. That was you. awesome. <laughs> goes for the night. I mean, it was true. Right. <laughs> no, 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 it's not true. We're not burly men. <laughs> no one's going to believe that. They know it's no, just they a joke. Uh, so, it was funny, though. It was funny. Good. That was very funny. funny. My thing is that, as the dolls already know this, I am the worst networker on the planet Earth. I will challenge anyone to be a worse networker than I. So I kind of want to, but I am also confused, you know, especially as this conversation has progressed, what is networking? Is it related to work, or is it the forming of relationships that may eventually lead into work? Or does one beget the other? What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Like, I'm so Yes, confused. because, Danielle, <laughs> if you don't have anything to say, like, once the business talk is done, if she, she has not to chit-chat, she wanders off somewhere else <laughs> and cannot be bothered with chit-chat. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I guess my problem is, you know, what Dr. Hover mentioned earlier was that forming the the personal networks and the business networks. Business networks are fine. If someone only knows me from business, I can show you plenty of, I guess, (laughs) testimonials, you know, but, you know, different comments in regards to business-wise and networking. But on the personal side, honestly, I'm not – I'm not looking for any new friends, basically, is the problem. Right. And so, but I, I understand the importance of that, how business relationships can develop into personal relationships. But I guess I'm very compartmentalized in that. That's what I, you know, mentioned, like drawing the line between the two. But I guess, in a sense, there really isn't one. Maybe. Did <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I'm not really Did we sure. Did lose her? Dr. Jeannie? Jeannie has left the building. <laughs> She'll be back momentarily. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Danielle, I think. No, you don't. <laughs> I, I agree with you because it's you. I mean, with you what agree you're... that what I described as myself as being accurate, exactly. but you don't agree with me. No, because I'm the total opposite of you. (laughs) And I will talk and talk and talk and talk to the point that sometimes I have made friends that I didn't necessarily want. (laughs) Or either, you know, just kind of formed a stronger friend relationship than I wanted because then in the end it becomes difficult when you're doing business. Um you know, to be able to, I guess, separate Everyone's not the two? capable of separating the two. Right, exactly. 
you and, know, but because of my personality and because I'm always fabulous, as you all know, I have a tendency to draw people in with my eyes and <laughs> so then I hypnotize them. And No, no, no. Seriously, though, it is just difficult. Yes, I mean, I don't know how to tame that personality in me because that's just who I am. I mean, and even before I knew what the word networking was, I'm sure I was doing it because that's just my, that's, it's like in, it's like breathing to me. It's no different. It's not a challenge. It doesn't make me squeamish. It doesn't like, you know, it's nothing to me. It's just the same as breathing. It's no big deal. So to have done that my entire life without even really knowing what I was doing, you know, to now be, working on honing those skills to a level where it um, produces results from a business perspective. It's just, you know, trying to stay on top of that and trying to find that happy medium because, you know, Danielle, you always tell me that I don't have a gray area, that everything is either black <laughs> or white with me. So, I've given you know, up on that. You gave up on it? You gave up on me finding my gray area? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How dare you? I'm exhausted. What kind of friend are you? I'm, I'm a tired friend. <laughs> I'm a tired I'm tired. Well, my question, if we ever get, is it Hewler Ho? It's Her. Holbert. 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 If we ever get Dr. Holbert back, is that, um, I guess, you know, when you're networking for a purpose, you know, there's some relationships that, like T. Strong said, she was networking before she knew what the word is. And I think as, you know, for some of us as being parents and, and what Dr. Hubert was saying in regard to when you're ill and when you need help or when that meeting is late, you have those connections and those people available. Well, that is networking, you know, building those relationships and having those backup plans. But I guess when you're networking for a purpose, like in, the, in regard to I want to start a business so I know that I have to start networking to build this business. And as you go along and you meet individuals and you build the relationships, I guess, when do you cut them off? When do you get to a point, um, Dr. Hubert said it was a give and take. Um, and, you know, if somebody's constantly giving or you're constantly giving and you're not getting anything back, eventually you want to sever that relationship. But, you know, there's sometimes, I guess, when you met somebody along the way, and I guess as we build these, I, I look at networking as a tree, and we're building all these branches, but there's some branches that either I need to hold off on and maybe they'll, you know, what, what do you call spring leaves later on? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some that are dead ends that are never going to grow, and I guess when do we know, like, you know, that cutoff? Because it's time-consuming to, you know, have 10,000 people that you're communicating with all at the same time because you're in this fast trend trying to build. So it's like, you know, I guess the biggest thing for me is knowing, you know, which which limb to chase. So, you know, well, I am not the expert. I'm definitely not the expert on this, but I I could just say that, you know, my thought process with regard to that is what I try to do is, um, and again, this was before I really knew what networking was, I just reach out to people, whether it's monthly, quarterly, whatever, just so as a marketer and being trained as such, it's one of those things that you just kind of learn to do is to stay in the forefront of someone's mind because what tends to happen is when you're networking and you're meeting people, everybody has something that they're trying to do, you know, um, so it's it's kind of 
hard for you to figure out which one is the right thing for you because you so you get so excited about everybody's thing that you kind of just want to jump in on all of it. Okay. But you have to be able to scale back some of those things and learn how to say no, which has been something that I've learned recently, um, a hard lesson in, because you can tend to take on more than what you had wanted to take on, um, especially if it's an exciting sort of venture and it's something that you really believe in. However, you really don't have time to do it, you know, so you have to think about those things. But what I generally do is reach out to people, whether it's monthly, quarterly, just to kind of stay in their mind because they may have something going on. And I love those people who say they like to connect the dots. Danielle knows them well. Um, And be those people that can put two other people together. And if they do it in an effective way, then it's great. But, yes, I feel like I agree with you that there does come a time at some point where you can overextend yourself and, you know, are just like turning into the freaking Uber networker that is not successful at anything because you're you're doing too many things. You're not doing the business. Right. Which becomes. I'm actually back on the line. Hi! Hi. <laughs> I missed you so, our dear friend. Jeannie. I don't I know what happened. All of a sudden, there was nothing there. <laughs> then I it didn't want to let me back me. in. <laughs> well, I tried to get back in. It said it's secured. So anyway, I'm here. Um, but I thank you. So I think what you're talking about in terms of connecting people is really important because that's one of the ways you can give to people as a networker. But the thing you're also describing about kind of getting too many friends and getting overextended is also an enormous issue because, you know, we talk about it in terms of managing large networks. It takes a lot of time and energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People with big families experience that. Yeah. It's like a, a whole other job within itself. And, and yes, I it and I experienced that in, in my family when we were younger. My father is one of ten children, so you can imagine kind of once you add in the, the grandchildren, our extended mm-hmm. family just became super ridiculous. And just I mean, it was like a major undertaking just to get together, everyone, for Thanksgiving dinner. And my mother right. actually instituted a monthly newsletter that went out to the family because it was so much trying to keep up with and trying to call everyone physically, you know, just one person trying to connect the dots, that it just became overwhelming. So she just said, fine, you know, I'll just create a newsletter. It'll go out to everyone. Everyone will have the same information at the same time, you know, became more efficient than just, which is sad, you know, that your family just got so large that you can't even network within your family. But then to take it further and just think of all the interactions that you have on a business level or just, you know, because you interact with, if I interact with T. Strong and just her in conversation speaking about maybe to someone else that she's interacting with about what we spoke about then puts me, what did you say, two tears out to someone else that it may spark something in their brain that they're actually working on and be like, oh, you know what? I just came across, but because it came from the mouth of T. Strong, who they already have an established relationship with, it made me more credible in their eyes. That's right. And that's the power network. That that really is right there. And your point that you made about your mom doing a newsletter is a great point. And there are now online social networks that are serving some of the same functions where people can share pictures and share what's going on in the family. There's even an online social network for people um, who have serious illnesses in their family because trying to kind of keep in touch with everybody and letting them know what's going on while you're trying to deal with an ill child or an ill parent is a big task. So there's a social network set up to help people do that. 
And those Absolutely. kinds of things can be really great functions I for some I have a people. lot of experiences because I just experienced that recently as well. Uh, a friend of mine um, had just reached out to me, you know, along with other friends, you know, soliciting prayer requests for someone very close to her that was um, going through a bout with cancer and um, just had, like, a reoccurrence occur when they were out of state and had to be rushed to an emergency facility there, and they actually had a page that updated all of the people that were still, you know, out of town or in her home state on her status, how she was doing daily updates just to keep everyone in the loop that couldn't travel to where she was being um, hospitalized to be with her. Wow. Right, and that's a great function for online social networks. And that kind of leads us back to, to sort of where we were when I went into the abyss when the phone lines came which is you were got you guys were raising a really really important question, which was about what are networks and what is networking, and what you just described is part of networking because our networks are everybody we know, they're everybody we're connected to, they're our friends, they're our relatives, they're our coworkers, they're our neighbors. So it's not networks are not just a business function, and in fact, that's actually one of the reasons we started our company because. We know from our research, we study how networks help people get jobs, but we also study how networks help people get social support that helps them survive disasters and cope with illness and do lots of other things. And it was this kind of other side of the networking picture that really wasn't getting out there very well. And I think we need to think a little differently about networking and think about it in terms of managing both the the personal and the business and it all it all fits together it's not as you talked about at the beginning it's not completely discreet there are people that are that that overlap between the two sides and i think support is the key word i just looked up on dictionary.com the definition of networking and as a noun it states a supportive system of sharing information and services among individuals and groups having a common interest. And the example they give is working mothers in the community use networking to help themselves manage successfully. Absolutely. My my little girl takes dance with um, two other friends, and the the three moms take turns taking the three of them to dance, and then we all go out and pick them up and all go out to dinner together. But that means that, that two out of every three weeks I have an extra two hours that I can work before I have to go and get her for dance. That's a great system, and that's a form of networking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just like Um, two hours. (laughs) (laughs) Can't list for two hours. Wow. Right. But you know the thing about the thing about all this stuff too is that um, the support that you're talking about affects our businesses. There's a Stanford University research study that shows that not just these structural holes and all the weak ties help us get promotions in our jobs, but being connected to coworkers in a more supportive way and getting what they talk about as identity maintenance in academic terms also helps us perform in our jobs and get and. Um, get promotions. And my research shows that it makes us happier in our jobs. It increases our job satisfaction. So we've got to think about all these things as fitting together in those ways, too. And so I think that definition you just talked about is a really great one. I like that. I like the support part of it, and I think maybe that was maybe the portion of networking that I missed. I mean, to me, I'm not the most social of people except within my small, my little intimate network <laughs> I am. But networking to me was always just all about, you know, going to the after work um, meet and greets, the drinks, Being standing fake. around, hobnobbing, right. which I, I'm not good at small talk. Like, I, I'm talking, but it, it has to be for a purpose. Like, I just don't just do idle chit-chat. 
So that was always the extent of networking to me. It was just I'm going out for drinks, and it's going to be a whole bunch of people just talking about nothingness. I felt like I was getting like the used car salesman pitch all the time. Mm-hmm. Just, what you know, do you do? What I can do for you. Right. Um, right. How long have you been doing that? What you do? What's your name? How's it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What's your net worth? How much money are you making at that? You know, what are your projections for the next quarter? And it was it's too much. Yeah, I think so. And that's what we try to. Of questions. <laughs> Well, we try to get people not to work that way when, when we talk to them about business networking. I mean, the first thing we advise people is to, to lose the elevator speech. You do need to be able to tell people what you do and what your business is about in 30 seconds. But yes, you don't want to throw that in their face. But you don't want to throw that in their faces when you meet them. I mean, to me, the best thing you can do when you meet somebody in one of those things is start asking questions, not about how much money they make and their projections and their last quarter earnings, but about who they are and what they do, because the sooner you find common ground, the sooner you're going to be able to build a relationship with them. And that common ground might be that you're both scuba divers, or it might be that you're both from a similar part of the, the country or something, and then that might lead to a business deal. You don't know, but they're lots of ways to do it that are a little bit, maybe a little bit less kind of, I don't know, crass than, than kind of what you're describing, because that's the kind of networking that turns everybody off, quite frankly, particularly right. women. Right. Oh, and yeah. I feel like, you know, I, as a person, when I'm out in networking, I think that people like to talk about themselves. They like to talk mm-hmm. about their business. I mean, and if they're entrepreneurs, they're generally very um, passionate about their business as well. So, you know, my tactic is more so to kind of, you know, be that person who's really, and not in a fake way, but I generally am very interested in what other people do because I try to be a sponge of knowledge and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, that to me, go ahead and it it tells me whether or not this is going to be something that we need to, you know, further develop. Like, do we need to have lunch now? Because, you're talking about something that directly relates to something that I've been working on, um, or is this one of those things where I need to take your business card, give you mine, and tuck it away in the back of my mind, but keeping it there and remembering that there are other people that I could connect that dot with? Right. No- and that's a great Go ahead. They're called nodes. I just went to Wikipedia. Nodes. Yes. <laughs> a social network is a social structure made of nodes, which are generally individuals right. or organizations that are tied by one or more specific types of interdependency. The resulting right. structures are often very complex. And it has this diagram, and it's all these little circles were nodes now. They're not dots. <laughs> and, and just showing the lines. It's like the seven degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon or something, you know. Right. That right. sounds like um some sort of infectious thing should be removed. <laughs> nodes. I have a node well, on it's, the back where, of my it's arm. Where, that's where viral marketing came from. With this <laughs> whole idea. I'm not that far off. <laughs> no, you're not that far off. But but yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we're like we're all little nodes and the question is, you know, making these different ties and stuff and and so that's what we're talking about here is trying to put those nodes together. And when you can come up with a way that, you know, somebody says, "Well, I'm really looking for, you know, more referrals in this industry and you know somebody else in that industry and you can put those two people together." It hasn't really cost you anything, 
but right. you've gained some credibility with both people if it's beneficial for them. And that's a key part of networking. But what you were just talking about, about listening to people and kind of learning about who they are and what they do and stuff is really what what we really encourage. We coach our clients to do that a lot because you're going to learn sort of where who they are and what they're about and where the relationship might or might not go. But you're also going to get a lot of information. And, you know, somewhere in that conversation, you might pick up the tidbit that, okay, they need this, and either I can connect them to somebody else who might help them, or maybe that's my entree to maybe do some business with them. You know, not in a negative sense at all, but listening is is the best, and asking good questions is one of the best assets you have. I think we should I'm not so bad at it as I thought. Yeah. I think you're good at it. I'm, I'm terrible at networking. So let's role play and oh, network. <laughs> Not that kind of role play, sweetheart. That's a different show. Oh. <laughs> when is that show going to happen? Oh, she's just not saying that. I think she's putting it off. She really doesn't. Oh, my dolls, my you dolls, see. my dolls. We need a different kind of doctor on the line for that. <laughs> this is not Dr. Ruth. No. Different kind of doctor for that one. You know, what, I, what I've learned from hearing you speak this entire time, Dr. Jeannie, is that I am going, going about it the wrong way aside from just not really networking at all. I believe my networking is always kind of like, okay, I need, I need I need some networking right now. I need to meet somebody and do something immediately. Like I need a job. So I don't <laughs> – I mean, literally, it's, it's like I don't give myself time to create, to establish these relationships and really build on these relationships where it's easier to ask for whether it be a favor or a referral or whatever it is when someone then in a way trusts you because you've been communicating for the past several weeks, months, years, whatever it is, and it's okay now to actually come into them and say, oh, my goodness, I have this great project, or I'm looking for this, keep your ears and eyes open. I, I only only wish that people were as giving as, as I. I have gotten several emails from friends of mine who I used to work with asking me all of these detailed questions. And I lie to you not, I pour my damn heart out. I, I just immediately mm-hmm. respond like, oh, blah, 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 and then contact this person, and here's this, and here's blah, blah, blah. And it's just I only wish that it was that easy in, in the reverse. I don't feel like people are are that giving in response, and I just feel like I don't really have time to build these relationships. It's just to me it's kind of annoying, but I'm going to try to take your word for it and, and try to do it because it's annoying. It is, it is. Well, it's annoying. <laughs> I found the new term. It can be anticipated reciprocity. That's what oh, that's exactly okay. right. That's a great phrase. No. I'd like to. I'd like to write that one down. That's, that's a great a, phrase. That's a wordy. That is a very wordy, Danny L. I didn't phrase. make it up. I said I found it. I oh. anticipated. Anticipated what? reciprocity. A okay. person is motivated to contribute valuable information to the group in the expectation that one will receive useful help and information in return. That's basically what she described. Uh, are we saying that that's a exactly. bad thing? No, 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 no. No, that's I'm a good thing. That's, kind of that's a good that thing. She described, yeah. That she's giving and it's and back giving. to the social. It's back to the social capital thing. When what you're talking about is, whoops, I need a job, and now it's time to go network. Well, that's not a good time to go network because, yeah. you know, when when you need a job, you hope that social capital is already in the bank and you can make a withdrawal. 
You know, that that you want to keep contact with the people that you know from past jobs. You want to keep contact with lots of different kinds of people. Um, And that means, you know, going through your Outlook file and just doing little things here and there and just dropping them a note now and then. Because when it comes time to look for a job, when the rubber hits the road, if you haven't talked to somebody in six months or a year, you're not going to feel comfortable picking up the phone and saying, I need some help. Well, not only that, they're going to be like, who? When you call. That's exactly right. <laughs> if you doesn't have a solid right. I was recently offered, I mean, just from this, and it wasn't even anticipated reciprocity. It was anonymous reciprocity that I knew nothing about that I was positioned, I mean, just called clearly out of the blue by someone that was saying that I came very highly recommended. And I'm like, by who? Because, again, I am the most horrible networker on the planet. So I'm like, who do I even know (laughs) that could say anything? And something positive in this regard, that they're approaching me with this, like, wonderful opportunity. And, you know, the financial benefits behind this opportunity were just, to me, sick and ridiculous. And I'm like, who is this person? Like, did my mama call or something? Because (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, it was someone that really, really had been selling a really big bill of goods because I have, and I still, I mean, the opportunity has panned out. I've pursued it. It's going well. I still, to this day, have no idea, you know, who it was. And I guess that's the question. Is that what's the word I'm looking for, inappropriate, I guess, in the whole networking thing since I'm so bad at it. If, you know, people were saying, oh, you referred, is it inappropriate to say, well, who was it and what did they say? No. I don't think it's inappropriate because part of what you want is you want to go thank the person. So I don't think that's inappropriate. And I would couch it exactly that way. Well, you know, if if it's not, you know, breaching a confidence, I'd love to know who it was because I'd like to thank them, you know, for this great opportunity. I think that's entirely appropriate. But what it also suggests is you're a much better networker than you think you are. And a lot of us are better than we think we are. And I see women say this all the time. But but women say this all the time. I mean, women are notorious for saying we're really bad networkers. And, and I mean, I just worked with a client the other day who's been home raising kids for, for 20 years, and now she's starting a business, and she does need a business network. But she sits there and says, well, I don't have any networking skills. Well, she's got an enormous personal network. And that's what she's juggled the play dates and, you know, all the things you do when you're raising children. Mm -hmm. That's all networking. She's just got to take those skills and apply them to the other side. And women are very good at not recognizing how good their networking skills are. You know, a lot of times we have skills in certain areas and we just need to transfer them to a new venue. And a lot of what we need to do when we do that, though, is we need to get in the places to build the business contacts we need. If it's a woman like that, um, then what the research shows is she's got to get into a different set of settings to build different kinds of contacts. She's got to get to the Chamber of Commerce. She's got to get in professional and trade associations because you're not going to build the business ties typically in school groups and, and hobby groups and that sort of churches and that sort of stuff. I have a question for you, Jeannie. For all those who are out there listening and they're getting all excited about their business and saying, I really, you know, need to take advantage of um, um, of, your, of Dr. Hobart's services, how can they, first of all, let us know exactly what it is that your company does and then okay. how they can get in contact with you? 
Okay. What our company does is to, first of all, scientifically assess their networks, and that's all online. We have a nice online assessment. They get on, they take that, and they get a detailed report that gives them 12 pages of a detailed, really detailed analysis, scientific analysis of what's going on in their network, and that's coming out of all the research we've done. And then we can offer them coaching, and we can take that report, and we can say, based on this, let's come up with some strategies for how we build on the strengths and try to fill in the gaps and get the kind of network you need. We think about their goals, we think about their business, their work, their career, what it is they're trying to do, and we try to build the network. We figure out how to incorporate online networking and social media, which is just huge right now. The possibilities there are just enormous, and put that into the, to the package for them um, and, and help them put a, a basically put the pieces of the puzzle together so that they can come up with an effective networking strategy. The way they get in touch with us, um, they can email Email me. It's Hurlbert, H-U-R-L-B-E-R-T, at optinetresources.com. Um, or they can go to our website, which is www.optinetresources.com. That's O-P-T-I-N-E-T-R-E-S-O-U-R-C-E-S.com. Awesome. Do you think... They can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my question. Do you think you can have one without the other? Can you have, like, real life? networking without the online component of networking and, and still be Absolutely. Successful. Absolutely. So they're to- Absolutely. They can be the totally- online stuff is really helpful, but, but yes, you can. Can you have it depends online on what kind of business you build. I don't think so. What was that last part? The online yeah. without the face-to-face. Darn. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you can not Honestly, your computer in your pajamas and send emails all day and expect to be they totally work effective. better. Here's the thing with that, and that's what sca- this is what scares me about the online networking for for people particularly who aren't comfortable doing the other kind of networking. It's great, and and you can really build some terrific ties. You can build great business contacts. But the thing is, if you get cancer, you know your online person is not going to take you to treatment. They're not going to bring, bring you lasagna when you're mm-hmm. sick. You know that kind of stuff is not going to get done that way. By and large. You're right. And I have, you know, once we get beyond that, I mean, even our initial connect was via online. But then once once I talk to the people, and I'm like, oh, gosh, Dr. Timmy is so great. Like, we'll have a conversation (laughs) later. But it's always that initial just, but that's the thing. If I didn't connect via online first so I can kind of get in my comfort zone, then it's hard to transition to the other. But that's fine. That's a great way to do it. But the question was, you know, as far as whether just the online in and of itself is sufficient, my argument is that it's not, that you need something. We need face-to-face communication and contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I because I totally agree with that because I am so over calling, like, you know, my cable company and please stay on the line. <laughs> oh, my God, I hate that. Choose one if you would like to stay on the line. Choose two if you would like to hang up. To keep, I'm, the crazy, I'm the crazy person that keeps on pushing zero, 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 zero. <laughs> yeah, that's In why they valid option. nine and all the other stuff uh, because of you. Yeah. Invalid <laughs> option. I did not recognize your selection. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, yes, there definitely needs to be a, a certain level, and I think a um, 
I don't know, more heightened level these days of personal, you know, face-to-face sort of contacts and relationships and that sort of thing because, that you know, I do agree that, um, you know, with technology being the way that it is, we need to, you know, make sure that we're always in the loop, but at the same time. Well, we also <laughs> got to not re- we learn not to rely on it so heavily. Yes, because I don't remember anyone's phone number now because of my cell phone. Right. Like, I don't know anyone's number by heart. Forget it. You have to learn not to rely on it so heavily. I mean, because, you know, with the show and everything, I do a lot of correspondence via online. But it is always amazing once we get on the show and we're able to speak directly with our guests. And, you know, if we've done a lot of back-and-forth banter, and I feel like kind of, you know, it's like reading a book. You start to picture somebody, you know, <laughs> and you envision a certain person, and then they be able to put a voice with the personality that you've somewhat created virtually. It's always really exciting. So I, I, I understand that you can't, why you couldn't have one without the other, because you do lack that level of humanness to the situation. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think the online, don't get me wrong, I think the online is extraordinarily powerful. And the, the yeah. social media stuff, the social network stuff, is just exploding right now. And, for, you know, for anybody in a business career work stuff, I think not taking advantage of that opportunity um, is really missing some things that can be very, very powerful very, very quickly. And so I think that I don't want to denigrate that side of the equation at all. Oh, definitely not. Mm -hmm. Definitely not because it's a great way to reach a lot of people at once and it's a great way to reach out to a lot of people in various areas and even countries that you may not even, you know, ever be able to travel to at any point in your business career. Because it totally (laughs) blew our mind when we're, you know, we're tracking, you know, our demographics on Online, and if you know any of you want to hear some, you know, past shows, please feel free to visit us on iTunes and search for Paper Dolls Radio in the podcast directory. Or if you want to link through it, um, you can visit our MySpace page at myspace.com forward slash Paper Dolls Online. But just checking our demographics to see that we have listeners in Germany, and I was like, do they even speak English? Like they're really <laughs> sitting there on their computers laughing with us because you know we think that we are like hilarious, downright you know. hilarious, not just hilarious, downright. No, Jim Carrey, Eddie Murphy, Martin, they ain't got, they got nothing on me. They ain't got nothing on the paper dolls because I crack myself up every week. <laughs> <laughs> But just the reach of, you know, the Internet can just kind of, it's that thing that just could increase your business exponentially because you go beyond just your market and what normally, you know, what used to be you just would be in the yellow pages and you thought you were reaching a large market then. But just to get, you know, a listing on the Internet and it's just like almost instantaneous because people search for the weirdest things, and somehow <laughs> sometimes your site comes up in their query. You never know what might happen. Right. And Facebook is putting in specific business functions now with um, the pages and the groups and advertising and stuff that it's putting in. Um, the content sharing sites are extremely effective for people who have businesses. Uh, Hub pages, Squidoo, that kind of stuff. And those things are, are just great resources. What was that, Squidoo. Squidoo is a content sharing site where you can actually put up what are called lenses, which are little articles um, that you can use to position yourself as an expert and to get more exposure for your business, and hub pages are similar. Wow. Um, those can be terrific. Is it like the animal some... squid with an uh, O on it? <laughs> with two O's. Squidoo. Ah. Um, 
that's yeah. They, they you know they come up with some strange names for these sites. They do. Sure they do. Right. <laughs> it's a great little site. And so, you know, particularly if somebody's trying to get a business going on a shoestring, those things can be terrific resources. That's nice. awesome. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's about that time. T-Strong. CBC, Rule of the Week. <laughs> I like that voice, Shannon. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> That's funny. Anytime. Um, <laughs> Cyber networking, it is the newest, most infectious wave of communication. But just as we are cautious in face-to-face relationships, the same relationships, the same rules apply. However, with respect to technology, because it's always changing, we must get, keep up or we could get left behind. Building a business is not the easiest thing to do, but it doesn't have to be the hardest either. So the rule of the week is to build healthy relationships We have to be open to give as well as receive, and above all, evaluate each networking opportunity, cyber or traditional, to determine which is best for your business. Remember, no one knows the goal of your business like you do. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I think that's great and a great summation to the program. Again, Dr. Holbert, please give our listeners your contact information one last time before we sign out for the night. Okay, I'm Jeannie Hurlbert. You can reach me at Hurlbert, H-U-R-L-B-E-R-T, at Optinet, O-P-T-I-N-E-T, resources.com, or go to our website, www.optinetresources.com, and we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. You've been listening to Reality Radio at its finest, literally. Remember, the minute you settle for less than you deserve, you get even less than you settle for. Now let's get this paper, dog.